Okay, so for the next scenario, you are the gastroregistrar in a clinic. Your next patient is an 82-year-old lady who's a previous history of a stroke. She was referred in urgently by the GP. Uh, and when you are looking at the referral letter, you can see that the daughter, who is accompanying the patient into clinic today, has written a letter to the GP asking the GP and demanding for an urgent PEG tube to be inserted. Please discuss how you proceed. So I think there's a lot of medical, um, a lot of clinical issues here to tackle as well as ethical issues. I think the fact that the patient has had a stroke um, and the GP's referred because of dysphagia is a, from a clinical point of view, is a potential indication um, for peg feeding, but a lot more needs to be ascertained before this. Um, in particular, these are trying to understand how recently the stroke was, whether there's any scope for, for reversibility and improvement in their condition, um, understanding the significance of the dysphagia and how it's progressed and how, and getting an idea uh, how it may progress as well. And then also understanding whether they've had any kind of formal assessment, both from a dietitian uh, in the MDT and also the speech and language therapists uh, as to the degree of their dysphagia and what they can manage, because it may be a case that you know, the patient may not have been, and the patient may not be counsel on the right foods that a stroke patient can take, and they may just not be um, uh, working well with the current foods, food types and food consistencies they have got. And maybe this is a simple thing that could be changed before thinking about an invasive uh, and potentially dangerous procedure. In terms of, so those are the clinical aspects I need to think about. And then in terms of the medical ethical principles here, it's probably better to say it's a bit of a minefield. Um, I think you've got, first of all, patient's right to um, autonomy, uh, and that's the patient's right to make decisions about their own care. And so it's really important here that I try and understand the patient's opinions independently of their next of kin. And crucial to this will be a capacity assessment as well. Uh, looking at the four process capacities, that's understand, weigh, retain and communicate. And given the patient has dysphagia, also want to understand whether they've got any underlying dysphagia and give them, if they have, understand uh, the way they best communicate. So to give them every, every opportunity to understand what I'm saying and aid that as, as I can, and also communication boards if they have trouble communicating as well. Um, and then, so medical, uh, in terms of one of the pillars, medical autonomy is a key principle here. And then obviously maleficence, um, non-maleficence and beneficence. I want to absolutely do my best for the patients here um, and a full clinical assessment with the rest of the MDT is what's gonna help me do that. And non-maleficence, I really don't want to, regardless of, uh, pressure from next of kin or the patient, I need to use my clinical acumen and the input of the rest of the MDT to make sure I'm recommending the right course of action for this patient in terms of do no harm, because this is uh, potentially one of the riskiest procedures uh, for, upper, for upper, upper GI gastroenterologists, and there are significant risks such as peritonism uh, post-procedure, so it's not an insignificant procedure to be putting a, to be listing a patient for. So once I've gathered all that information, um, 
as much as I can prior to the prior to the um, calling them in for clinic, um, and as I've talked about talking to the patient first and giving them a chance to talk with me themselves without the daughter present and asking their permission for the daughter to be present. And again, that's contingent upon the capacity assessment. Um, and obviously, if they didn't lack, if they if I felt they were didn't have capacity, um, I could make a decision myself, or I could again assessment itself is something I could ask for help with uh, and then after that if they did not have capacity to be making a decision in their best interests but important to that is to also realize that even if the patient didn't have capacity their opinion about what they wanted to happen would still be valid and should be taken into account when acting in their best interests um, and I think it's really important to express to the and then finally I think it's really important in the course of the consultation as I gather the information to make it clear to the daughter and to the patient that this isn't a decision that's made lightly. It certainly won't be made solely by me as a registrar in clinic. And my main aim here is to get as much information as possible um, and organise the appropriate investigations and involvement of the rest, rest of the MDT to then make a, um, a clear decision um, with, with the rest of the MDT uh, and the patient and their next of kin involved, obviously as much as the patient uh, want them to be as we discussed earlier um, and then finally I think to sum this up I'd give the patient uh, the every opportunity to ask questions and this isn't a, an insignificant procedure um, so it is really important to give them time to go away and think about it and make sure they're counselled upon uh, appropriately on the real benefits here and the risks that's a really important part of the consent process and this shouldn't be um, something that's just told to them on the day of the procedure, because this is really something you need to think about before you uh, embark on this route. Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks.